Welcome to episode 218 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. Today, the top mistakes people make when purchasing their first home. And Adrian's got 10 funny tips generated by AI. Don't miss that one. Let's go. All right. Today, the top mistakes people make when purchasing their first home. And addition today. Today we're doing a special segment. It's our top 10 list. Today's top 10 list is humorous. First time homebuyer mistakes. And this is generated by AI. Why don't you, for those that might not know what that means, why don't you explain it? AI, artificial intelligence. There are... Generated by AI. Like So we... If you told me this a few months ago, I would have been like, huh? All right, so there's various platforms you can use. This is ChatGPT. It's a widely uh, spoken about uh, artificial intelligence platform being used right now. So we input a question, and we want we ask them for a top ten list of first time humorous first time homebuyer mistakes, and we've got them for you today. So we're going to run through those after we go through the serious ones. Yes, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You couldn't have chosen an even number? Yeah, I don't know how I ended up with seven. Uh, They're literally... Are they in any particular order? They're not. Okay. They're not. Because I, I think with these kind of lists, the importance level... Varies. Varies from person to person, from purchaser to purchaser, so... And I also have some stories from Reddit, so some firsthand experience from people that made mistakes or would have done something different or just had a particular situation they ran into. What level of or what degree of seriousness or honesty do you believe these Oh, they're Reddit legit. Posts, are they? Reddit is legit. Well, I know Reddit is legit. The people <laughs> Ian Ian's Ian, would you Ian disagree? Begs to differ. I mean, it's genuine. It's people coming on there gen, talking about genuine, genuine feelings. I don't know about genuine. And experience. You think so? Um, all right. You want to get right into it? I've got my notes. All right. Let's talk about yours. Yes. Yeah, so with, uh, I, can, I can go through each one of these points. Again, we're focusing on the top mistakes people make when purchasing their first home. For those of you that have gone through this, we're going to be writing a blog that focuses around this topic. So if you've got some additional pointers, you want to shed some light on something, or maybe talk about something that we're not talking about today, leave a comment and uh, do us a solid subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're listening, you can subscribe by going to ktconfidential.ca. Hit that subscribe button. It definitely helps our channel. All right. Number one, no particular order. Top mistakes people make when purchasing their first home. Not And people also refer to as first-time home buyers. I'm just rewording it a little bit. Continue on. <laughs> the top mistakes purchasers make in their first transaction. You like sure. that better? Uh, number one, not thinking about future needs or the future owners. 
So, example. Schools, amenities, parks and rec. All of which affect two things. The enjoyment you or future owners might receive from living in that property. Two, future value. Yeah. So at some point, as a first-time home buyer, you're thinking about cashing out your equity to then upgrade your home. Things like schools, amenities, parks, recreational activities. One thing regarding like that. schools that I think a lot of people don't take into consideration is, uh, let's say you par- you're very close to a school, or maybe back onto a school, and it's perceived as a a good thing because you have no neighbors for the majority of the day and the majority of the year. Uh, one thing to take into consideration is that between 8 o'clock and 9 o'clock in the morning and 2 o'clock and 3.30 in the afternoon, your street will be lined with cars and foot traffic. Well, and during the day, you've got recess. Yes. Which can get noisy. More so you now than have, you used to because of work from home situations and stuff like you that. You might have extracurricular activities happening like soccer games, football games, what have, <clears throat> what have you. So uh, those are things to consider. But... If you think a lot of first-time home buyers might be younger, you know, maybe it's a couple that are buying their first home together and starting their lives together. They n- might not be thinking about schools yet because they don't have kids. Maybe five to seven years from now, you have a child that has to go to school. So how far is that school? Is that school adequate? Is that the type of school? Did you do any research on that school? And then going down that path of having kids are there amenities where's the where are the doctors where's the hospital um, are there any programs for children of certain ages so I don't think a lot of first-time home buyers think that way enough assuming they're in a relationship even if they're not so when I bought my current home yeah I was single yeah. Did I need a double car garage home with a park and a school down the street? No. But was I forward thinking, hoping to start a family one day? Yeah. Okay. Why is this funny? Well, I believe that the size was a factor. I don't believe that you looked, that you cared about the school or not didn't care about the school being there, but it wasn't, if it wasn't there, you still would have bought. Yes. Knowing that there would still be a school within a very short drive, knowing Milton and how it's planned. Yeah. Yeah. You've got one in every block, basically. Yeah. Every community has one. Every, every neighborhood. Uh, sub-district. Yeah. Yeah. So we live in the Wilmot sub-district. Yes. And pretty well from every home in that community, you can walk to school technically within kind of 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was number one, not thinking about future needs or future resale and the needs of those potential future owners. So for that, I agree to a degree. I don't think it's as, it can be important depending on what's happening, especially if there's negative things that could impact or future developments that are in the works that you might be able to find out about that could have, that could have a positive or negative impact on the neighborhood yeah, or, that's the, a good point. or the municipality as a whole. Um, which, you know, maybe could lead to one neighborhood appreciating more than another. 
But, you know, I also think that if you're buying in a developed area where you're likely not to see any new schools come up or old schools go away, that you're paying, the price is all relative. So if you're, you know, buying uh, at X amount of money, uh, you you would have paid more if you were closer to a school. So at the end of the day, it's all... Well, and if you want to go down that path, I mean, there are developments of different kinds in any town, city. So as an example, a lot of people might not know, just east of James Snow Parkway is, and it's industrial. Mm -hmm. Um, And do you want to buy a home right across the street? Where your backyard well, we have might clients be facing. that bought new construction. <clears throat> we helped them sell one of their previous homes because they had bought a new construction home, and, and they face that development. Do you if, remember? If it is who I think you're referring to, they bought years ago. Yes, years ago. Yeah, yeah. This is, a, a, but when they found out after moving into their new construction yes. home, after learning what was proposed to go across the street, they reconsidered. They still live there now to this day, so maybe they just accepted that and are okay with it. But it was something that bothered them when they found out it was going in. And it will affect resale. CN, intermodal. Yeah. Um, Britannia and Tremaine area. Um, There are a lot of new construction homes being built right around there. So, you know, those are some of those future things that you need to consider. Okay, so that was number one. Again, in no particular order, going to the next point. Not we'll call this number two. Not understanding the scope of a potential renovation or upgrade. What do you mean by that, Ariel? I mean, you, <laughs> you didn't can, even give me a chance to ask you. A lot of first-time home buyers, and I'm sure this has happened to you. Yeah, you take them, let's say, to an older bungalow or an older home where floor plans were more segregated, Mm -hmm. right? You had a dining room that was blocked off from the rest of the house or a living room and they walk in there, they go, oh, I want open concept. Oh yeah, HGTV has caused everyone to want to just knock down every wall. Right. Right. Um, Or not be able to see beyond that. And it's, it's usually one of the two Like if it's a couple, you'll be walking through the house. Maybe their needs or let's say wants open concept because we hear that all the time. I want a big kitchen. I want open concept. I want nice finishes, right? First time home buyers, HGTV syndrome. And you'll always get one of them saying, oh, we can just knock down that wall, open it right up. Even realtors get in a bad habit of saying, yeah, just you know, open that up, you can extend the kitchen into here, and then it's all one big room. You have to understand the scope of that work. Yeah. And then what the cost to do that is. And is it within your budget? And what is the time frame to complete said project? Those are all variables that you've got to take into consideration. And even, I made a note here, Something as simple as flooring. You might walk into a home and say, I don't like those tiles, or I don't like the carpet. 
or whatever, whatever the flooring that exists. I don't like it. This is especially true with sheet vinyl or vinyl flooring if they're glued down. Yeah. You don't know what extent of work is required to remove the existing flooring and to prepare it. Just go right over top. Yeah, just go right yeah. over top. Um, you don't know, you know, how much work is involved. And even to the point where sometimes you're removing an existing floor. Give you an example. Maybe you want to remove this old oak hardwood. And you happen to like a trendy vinyl floor, like vinyl planks, like we've used in the past. While the vinyl might be a lot thinner than the hardwood that's there. So you might have gaps under your baseboards, under now, certainly... So now you've gone off top. Now you're going to renovation suggestions for first-time renovators. No, no, no. It's understanding the scope of the renovation and potential upgrades. So if you're walking into that home and you, and again, realtors are very guilty of this. So you have to treat this with a side of caution is everybody can fall into that trap of saying, oh, it's easy. Just replace the carpet with, uh, you know, hardwood floors and you got your hardwood floors. Right. But now you get into replacing potential baseboards and casings around doors it's got to look good. If you're going to do it, do it right. I think more importantly on that topic would be, because I don't think a lot of first-time home buyers are doing renovations, but I think they, I think the key there, and the, the reason is a lot of first-time home buyers get caught, caught up on the frilly stuff, which may be in your list, getting excited and falling in love with all the, the nice stuff. I think more first-time home buyers. It's not actually. Need to, well, there's number eight to make it even. They need to look and consider older homes at a lower price point that could, uh, that do require some of that work to make it their own. All right. Well, that's a good segue into point number three. All right. Be prepared to do some work on your own or budget to hire somebody. And I made a note of cleaners, painters, plumbers, electricians, you might not want to or have the capability of taking on that work, but be prepared to put some legwork into it. Be prepared to get into the nitty gritty of owning your first home. Uh, a lot of YouTube videos, so some people might not know how to clean a glass shower, something as simple as that, right? With calcium caked on it, um, simple to change a light fixture. You may have not ever done that in your life. Right. A lot of YouTube videos, a lot of tutorials to guide you through that. Be prepared to do some of that work. Um, and then also budget to hire the people for the work that you can't or shouldn't be doing. Don't do your own plumbing. Um, no. I think most people are good at avoiding that. Electrical, I think most some more people will tinker with maybe, but... You shouldn't tinker if you're not comfortable. Right. Don't want to burn down your first home. No. Uh, next point. Number four. In no particular order. Shopping for a home during your probationary period. So if you have a new job, you know, well, you, you get this, especially if it's in a different career segment. Yes. 
But banks right now, lenders, do not like giving money to people. Well, they won't. During a probationary period. So you just get this new job. You're making more money. You're like, oh, this is my dream job, dream company. And it's maybe in a new location. Oh, yeah, we're going to go buy a house. No, you're not. Right. Well, and well, this just happened with, won't mention any names, one of our employees purchased a new home. Uh, one of our salaried employees purchased a new home. And this person's spouse started a new job. Before or after? At what point? In the onset of discussions of moving. Okay. Started a new job. Six-month probation period. Can you do which that? Which is not legal anymore. Right. Um, so three-month probation period is allowed. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize they're not going to get funding right. during that period. And even then, again, if you started a new career, it's not affiliated with or not in line with your previous role, you could have more difficulties. Well, in most cases, you won't get financing. If you're During the probationary it, with, period. Within a probationary period. Um, and so um, what's most important is get make sure you have a firm approval in place uh, before shopping. And between buying and closing, don't change your job either. Because they could come back and say, okay, we now need updated proof of income. Yes. And then if you change your do- job, uh, one, you may not qualify, period. Two, if you're in your probationary period, again, then you're going to run into issues. So sit tight. Here's a pro tip. You move in. Pro tip. If you've been on your job for, I would say, more than a month, and they're super happy with you, super happy with the work that you're doing, you may be able to go to your manager or the HR department or whatever and say, hey, here's the situation. Me and my partner or I want to purchase a home. I can't get a mortgage during a probationary period. Yeah. I'm really happy here. I hope you're happy with my work. Would you be willing to waive the probationary period now? Right. It's a good idea. Yeah. Because really for companies at the end of the day, they fire you anyway. Right. So whether it's during a probationary period or not, the only difference is they might owe you a few bucks. And quite honestly, if you've only been with them for a month or two, it's literally going to be a few bucks. And after a month or two, they probably have they an have, indication as to have, whether or not they're right. going to they proceed They have an idea. Is this person a moron or do we want to right. keep them on? Um, you kind of touched on it. Next point. In no particular order. This is five? Sure, whatever. Having paperwork organized for the mortgage pre-approval. So a lot of people end up scrambling for their paperwork at the very last minute or don't understand the scope of what paperwork is needed. Some realtors don't prepare you, some mortgage brokers or the banks. Yeah. You try and go and get you walk into a bank 
It's a very tedious and long process. So things like notice of assessments, your T4s, your T5s, making sure all of your taxes are up to date and paid and that you've got proof that they are up to date and paid. And then I made a note of uh, not taking on any more credit. You touched on that. So keep finances just par for the course from approval till closing. Don't yeah, take don't, on any don't new Don't take debt. on anything. Don't change your job. Don't change your job. Don't co-sign for someone's don't loan. Don't co-sign for so, somebody's loan. Yeah. And as far as finances are concerned, uh, and there was a Reddit message, about a comment about this, for deposits, which are in Ontario anyways, are required within 24 hours of an accepted agreement. Well, if the agreement unless otherwise, states. Unless otherwise stated. Um, make sure your deposit is readily available. So as yes. an example, in this story, the guy had $10,000 in one account and was going to use $10,000 from his visa. I don't know why his visa. But, he had, um, <laughs> but in order to transfer the funds from one to the other, it was a three-day wait. In the end, he ended up getting the bank to be able to accommodate him. But there are people who need to pull funds from various sure. areas or pull funds out of an RSP or sell something to get that money. Um, or or you're, somebody's gifting you money and that money is tied up in a yeah. GIC. Yeah. Or if you're doing like first time home buyer plan and you have to have the money in your RSP for a certain amount of time, that's something to take into consideration as far as when your closing date is. Yes. So there's lots of things financially and in, in, in terms of time frame. Yes. Uh, aligning things properly. Yes. So not taking on any more credit. And I would suggest not closing any accounts either, because that can affect your uh, yeah. your score. Um, and also, under, there's two more points within this. Pull your own Equifax report and understand what you're seeing on your report. First of all, verifying that all of the information is correct. Um Keeping your balances, here's a great pro tip, keep your balances like as low as possible on your revolving credit. So credit cards specifically, do not run a high balance on there. And also understand that revolving credit is seen as being used even when it's not. So something like a line of credit, which a lot of people have these days, whether they're secured or unsecured. If you have a $10,000 unsecured line of credit, even if it has a balance of zero, in your debt service ratio, when the bank or the lender does their math to see how much you can afford, they are considering that that $10,000 is being fully utilized. Because it could be. Because it could I think be at it used any to time. Fifty percent, and then they increased it, which is also interesting because if you've yeah. got an empty line of credit not being utilized, um, and you have a car payment, uh, and with a ten thousand dollar balance remi- remaining on it, balance remaining balance on it, money, they will see that got ten thousand dollar car loan today. and a ten thousand dollar line of credit. Whereas if you now take that ten thousand dollar line of credit, pay off your car loan. You eliminate that car payment. It has a, uh, yeah, you completely remove the car payment, um, and it improves. They will approve. They they will approve you for more money. Correct. So that's what I did with my vehicle. Yes, 
I bought the lease out early, paid it off with home line equity, line of credit. Yeah. And now the lending ability increased by the amount that I took off in terms of the monthly payment. Right. Next point. Number six. Set up your team in advance. Who is your team as a, as a purchaser? Your realtor, the lawyer you're going to use, the mortgage broker, and potentially the home inspector. Yes. Obviously, the realtor is a good first step because they might have recommendations or referrals to those other people. But do your due diligence. Who do you want to use as a lawyer? You're going to need to know that, especially if you're buying a condo, you want them to review something like the condo documents, the status certificate. Um, You want to know where you're getting the money to purchase this home. So having the right mortgage broker that's tied with the right lenders. And then if you do put an offer on something, that can all happen real quick. You might need to get a home inspection really quick. So knowing who you are going to use in that process and choosing those people and interviewing those people in advance just sets you up for a quicker, smoother transaction. And I'll just go a little bit further regarding the home inspector and say, um, do not opt for your friend who's an engineer or your your, your dad's buddy who's a home builder or your uh, uncle or aunt who is um, a fucking tradesperson, whatever. We've been in many scenarios where that's who the client chooses, and they never do anything near what a home inspector will do, right? They'll look at a couple things. They won't get as detailed. They won't go in the attic. They don't really know what they're looking for. Uh, it's not their specialty. So spend well, they might, they might, you hit the nail on the head with that. It's not their specialty. So they might be very well versed in one area of a home or a specific segment of that yeah. build, if you will. But they're not trained to look at it all. Right. And they're not giving you a report. And there's really nothing to fall back on. Correct. Right? So home inspectors are, are, are worth the money and spend the three to 500 bucks or whatever it is you're spending uh, to get one done properly. Those might be 1990 prices, not 2023. You can get one done for 500 Depends bucks, on the size of the home. Bucks. Depends on the scope of the inspection. Well, sure. So set up your team in advance. Yes. Good tip. Number seven. Understanding the life expectancies and sticking to a budget for them. So, things like the furnace, the roof, the windows, the air conditioner, the appliances, those all have life expectancies. So, at what cycle and at what age are all of these components? When potentially do you need to improve them or change them? And then budgeting for those accordingly. Because the last thing you want is you buy a home, it's got a 15-year-old air conditioner, and it's running fine now, but you don't know when it might need to be replaced. Right. So you almost need 
immediately to have a budget for the air conditioner. You need an emergency now, fund even if it's brand new. Maybe not brand new because it's covered under warranty, but a five-year-old appliance can fail. Very good point. Well, and then appliances. If an appliance is five years old, you can expect in five to seven years that you may need to replace it. So right away now you can set up a five to seven year plan to put a little bit of money aside for appliances. So understand how long the components of the home are going to last and create a budget for them. So just to recap, we had seven points there. Think about the future needs, future uses of the property. Not only yours, but if you're reselling the property, the future owner. Number two, understanding the scope of the renovation and upgrades that you might want to do to the property. Number three, being prepared to do some work on your own or budgeting to hire somebody, whether it's a cleaner, a painter, a plumber, etc. Number five, Oh, sorry, number four, shopping during the probation period. Big no-no, you're not going to get money. Number five, having paperwork organized for your mortgage approval. So notice of assessments, T4s, T5s, making sure your property tax or your uh, income taxes and all of that are paid with proof that it's paid. And we'll call it 5A, uh, um, understanding your credit report, your Equifax report. Don't take on any more credit. Don't make any changes to your credit and understand um, what the revolving credit is that you've got. Number six, setting up your team in advance, your realtor, your lawyer, mortgage broker, home inspector. And number seven, understanding the life expectancies and having a budget for potential repairs or replacements to all of those things. Well, on that one, here's a Reddit example. Day two. Of that was my list. That's day it. two, good list. Date in no particular order. Day two of moving in, the fridge breaks after we fully stocked it. It was $400 to fix the fridge, and I lost $300 in brand new groceries. Then the electricity in the garage stopped working. A fuse blew, so I had to get an electrician out. $200. Two weeks later, three lights stopped working in the kitchen, so an electrician comes in again. $300. I wonder if they just replaced the bulbs. Three days later, the dishwasher breaks and floods the floor. $300 for a plumber. That this was all in the first month. couple of weeks? Holy smokes. Yeah, but it's the reality of things. It happens, right? I had a client uh, two years ago move into a 10-year-old home, roughly, and the furnace stopped working. It shouldn't have stopped working in 10 years, on average. It should have been no. good for a while. Yeah. Another 10 years. Yeah. Um, and then about three months later, they had a flood in the basement. So, you know, this is stuff that sucks, but it happens. Here's another one. Burst irrigation pipe on the first weekend. We hadn't moved in in yet, so we had no idea. So this water leak, fortunately, outside was just water going constantly. 4K to fix the problem. 3K in a water bill. The city was nice enough to put us on an installment plan. <laughs> um, there's another one here where... Bought it. This is a single woman. Bought a house as a solo woman. First month. I woke up in the middle of the night because I heard my bedroom door close. That's creepy. Then I saw flashlight beams and the gaps around the door. I hid in my closet and called the cops. Thought they caught a homeless dude eating my leftover pizza in the garage with my <laughs> credit cards and AirPods in his pocket. He broke in around 4.30 in the morning. Wow. 
yeah. investigate the area that you're going to be buying in, drive yeah. around at night. And and change your locks just in case your neighbor or homeless dude has the key. Maybe the homeless dude is just like a disgruntled ex-boyfriend or something from Actually, the previous owner. I'm going to insert pro tip here. So anybody that buys a home with our team, we automatically schedule rekeying for all exterior doors. Yeah. But how many people don't change the garage door codes? Yeah. Or not even the codes. The, the remote, remote, like resetting yeah. the signal. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. yeah. you may have the remotes, but they may have their cars programmed. Yeah. Or their phones or whatever. Yes. All right. So just to finish this off, I've got my top 10 lists from chat GPT of the uh, top 10 humorous first-time homebuyer mistakes. So, so just for my clarification, these are now... You've inputted some data into yes. this AI and it spat out 10 funny yes. random first time homebuyer tips. Yes. And, and it even went on in the end to say, again, please keep in mind that these are all fictional examples and not to be taken seriously. Buying a house is a serious investment and should be treated as such. All right, let's go. There's the... Asterix. Number one, falling in love with a house only to realize it's haunted by the ghost of a former owner who refuses to leave. So you all, you should, <laughs> you never know. You should always Google the address, right? Find out yes. if there was a murder, suicide. Yes. Maybe someone died in the house. That doesn't have to be disclosed, yes. but you never know. Sometimes you, I've been in houses where I just get a creepy feeling. Like I'll go back in yep. my clients. I say goodbye because it's the last house. I go back in to shut all the lights off. And I just... Did you just see the, the lights The lights flickered? all just flashed. That is creepy. Oh, that just gave me yeah. goose pimples. But there's been some houses where I just will run through and just that. smack every light switch. Something's going on in here. This is an old building. Number two, forgetting to measure the doorways for furniture and realizing your brand new sectional won't fit through the front door. That would suck. There's Most things are standard, but it can happen. Well... Try removing the legs. Tip number one, remove the legs if you need to. Remove the door from the hinges. Hopefully that helps. When I moved out of my three-story townhome. Oh, those are the worst. They literally, the box spring for the mattress. Yeah. Queen size bed, king size bed? Uh, It was a queen size. Okay. They had to lower it off the balcony with a rope. Oh, yeah. Yeah, some of those hallways are tough. Yeah. Number three, not realizing the backyard pool is actually just a giant fish pond and all of your dream pool parties are ruined. Number four, not noticing the house is built on top of an active volcano and your insurance company doesn't cover lava damage. Funny. Probably not going to happen, but you should check for your insurance uh, coverage before buying the house. You never know what reasons insurance companies may come up with not to cover it. Number five, not checking the zoning laws and finding out you're not allowed to turn your basement into a speakeasy. <laughs> I'd love that's like an that's like there, a, an illegal bar, right? There goes yeah, there yeah. goes there goes my house. Failing to number six, failing to budget for unexpected expenses. Like we've been Why talking is that about funny? like having to hire a witch doctor to remove the curse <laughs> on the property. We've actually had clients that have one. you know 
priests or whomever, uh, whatever designation go in, rabbis, priests go in and bless the house and sure. do their thing. Number seven, forgetting to check the neighbors and finding out they're a cult that worships the former house owner. That's actually dead and haunting the house. That would be, imagine they were doing a seance on your front lawn the first night. Number, what was that? Number seven. Number eight, forgetting, sorry, focusing too much on the aesthetics of the property and neglecting to check for termites leading to a house that's falling apart at the seams. We don't have termite issues here, but there are other issues that could be easily overlooked Mm -hmm. uh, when you get caught up in the frilly stuff. For sure. Number nine, not double checking the address and accidentally buying the house next door. Now you're stuck with a really awkward neighbor situation. (laughs) Excuse me. It's actually funny because I had a client once send me a picture of his house, what he thought was his new house. I don't remember who this was. It was a friend that didn't live here. Was it a new build? Maybe. But then he sent me, later he comes back. He's like, oh, no, sorry, that wasn't my house. I bought this one. Maybe he did this. Number 10 on today's top 10 list. Forgetting to check for pests, only to find out that the house is home of to an entire colony of raccoons living in the walls. It happens. I had a client not long ago. We, were, we sold a house last year on Higginbotham, and they had a raccoon somehow get in their attic. They ripped the big vent on top of their lower roof, yep. just ripped the whole thing out and ended up going in. By the time the pest control people were there, it was long gone, worked out okay. There's your list. Raccoons are smart. Thanks for listening. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening or watching episode 218 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. Do us a solid subscribe and like. We'll see you next week.